So today I'm talking to Emma Riley from Ready Prep Birth. Emma is a mindful birth hypnobirthing teacher based in the Bedfordshire area and I'm so happy to be able to chat to Emma here on the podcast today. Thanks so much for joining me. How are you doing? Hi, I'm really good, thank you. (laughs) So let's start off with who are your parents to? What are their names and how old are they? Okay, so I've got a little boy called Ted who is three. He's just turned three um, this month, actually. And then I've got a little girl um, called Hope and she has just turned one in February. And what is your home set up? So, you know, I've said you're in the Bedfordshire, but whereabouts are you? What And, and who's at home with you? <laughs> So I live in Eton Bray, which is a little village, and um, I've always lived kind of in this area. Um, and I live with Nick, my husband. Uh, so we got married, I think it was like five years ago now. Yeah. And then um, we've got a little um, dog as well, a little cavapoo called Bella. <laughs> and yeah, and then Ted and Hope. Oh, lovely. And um, so cast your mind back all the way back to when you found out you were expecting Ted. How was your journey up to this point? Um, And how did you feel when you found out you were expecting him? So before Ted, um, I had a miscarriage, actually, which was quite upsetting for me. It took me a while to kind of get over that. But um, it didn't take us too long to fall pregnant after that. Um, So I just felt kind of anxious, I guess, as you would, Um, but also really excited. But then... I um, ended up having quite bad morning sickness for about a week, which then got really severe and became hypermesis gravidarum. So I spent most of my pregnancy with him in and out of hospital, having fluids and on anti-sickness and things. So it wasn't the pregnancy that I'd hoped for or imagined, um, but I had I had loads of support from my family and friends. Um, it was really an isolating experience but you know we tried to make it as positive as we could and I did discover hypnobirthing during um, my pregnancy which helped me as well and mindfulness really helped and so it just kind of gave me something to focus towards and you know to to plan for the birth um, and to try and see what what kind of birth I wanted to plan for so yeah that was my pregnancy really. And had you heard of HG before you had it yourself? So funnily enough, um my one of my closest friends, Kirsty, she um suffered with it as well. So I had no idea about it until she had it and I kind of watched her journey and how much it had affected her, you know, her weight loss and all, you know, it was horrible to watch your friend go through that. But um, she was a really good support for me when I was going through it because she'd obviously experienced it and she could relate to what I was going through. Um, so, yeah, that, that was a big help, really. But I didn't, other than her, I didn't really know anything about it. So I, I didn't really, and until you go through something as well, you don't kind of realise how it feels or how, like, consuming it can be as well. Yeah, you've written a brilliant blog on it, actually, haven't you? So I'll put that in the show notes as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I thought it might be good just to share my story just in case it can be of help to somebody. It's got some tips and things in there just if if you're watching a loved one go through it as well. Mm. Yeah, because I can imagine it's one of those things that not many people do know about unless, yeah, you've got a family member who's been through it. And it does shape a lot of your pregnancy, doesn't it? It, it, Definitely. (laughs) 
and you have like anxieties to do with that as well because I don't know you, you always think oh I should be eating this nutritious diet and I should be making sure that I'm hydrated all the time for my baby and that's not possible with it so it's just getting your head around that and trying to manage things as best as you can. And was it the case that as soon as Ted was born it, it stopped? Yeah so as soon as I birthed my placenta it was crazy how different I felt it was like I mean by the end things had kind of improved slightly but I didn't realize how lousy I actually felt you just kind of get so used to it but yeah as soon as that happened I just said to Nick I can't believe it I don't feel sick Mm -hmm. it was just such an amazing moment um so yeah it was I mean it was so, so I had it again with um hope um it was slightly different though. It was much more up, up and down with hope. Um, but that kind of lingered around after. I don't know if it was psychological or like, so I'd go into like the ensuite, for example, and just instantly feel nauseous. So I don't know if it was kind of those associations and kind of triggers for me. Um, yeah, that kind of just sort of stayed around. So that was a little bit different. Um, but for Ted, it definitely went straight away. And how was, um, you know, your due time with Ted? When was he before or after a due, estimated due date? <laughs> so both of my babies were actually born on their due dates, which is quite unusual, <laughs> um, which I'd never kind of expected. Um, so, yeah, that was a bit of a, a weird one. And it's quite really unusual. Yeah, quite nice, really. They were both born on their due dates, but I've not I've not heard of that with many other people. <laughs> no, not for both. Yeah, it's obviously rare for one to be born on their due date, let alone both yeah. babies. So you've <laughs> got some good estimating skills there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so how was his birth? You know, especially having suffered from HG, was it something that impacted your birth experience as well or? Yeah, so I think, I don't know, I always thought that I would have a hospital birth. But um, I think because I'd spent so much time in hospital when I was pregnant, I just, I don't know, I when I was thinking about um, hypnobirthing and thinking about my options, we just, myself and Nick just both sort of thought, what about birthing at home? So we looked into it um, and just thought, you know, maybe, you know, this could be a really good idea for me. Um, so, I mean, a lot of friends and family were a little bit concerned when I said that because I think it's kind of, you know, it's not the norm necessarily to birth at home. Um, but once I kind of spoke to them about it and said, you know, how much we kind of looked into it, we we felt that this was right. And yeah, we just went for it really <laughs> and um yeah so I had both both of my babies were born at home and um they were both really lovely experiences really um Ted's birth was a little bit trickier just because he was in more of a difficult position I now kind of realize in hindsight um so I had to it was a lot more of a drawn out first stage um and I just had to adapt positions quite a lot but then things kind of went more smoothly after that and with hope that was very very quick (laughs) in comparison Um, but I had both of them in the water in my living room both in the same spot actually and so yeah they were both really nice experiences both different births and both both challenging in their own way but both very positive experiences for me especially after the pregnancies 
So um, that was nice just to be at home and be in my own comfort, you know, my own comfort setting. And yeah, that was just a really nice experience for me and Nick. (laughs) And what would you say to anyone kind of considering a home birth um, who has got family and friends who are a bit concerned about it? (laughs) I think you've got to kind of expect it just because a lot of people don't necessarily know as much as you may know and it's just about um I mean you can show them the Lancet study just to reassure them in terms of statistics and just kind of getting them to understand that that this is your decision and this is what you want um and I mean you don't you don't have to overshare everything about it it's just whether how much you want to say and just to kind of stick to your guns if that's what you want to do that's your decision to plan for a home birth so you know we know there are lots of benefits to birthing at home so it's just deciding what's right for you really (laughs) yeah yeah brilliant and I'll put that Lancet study in the show notes as well um because that is such a great one to point people to and you're right you don't really even have to tell them anyone do you it's um kind of your choice and there's obviously chances of transferring in so it just keeps your options open doesn't it and your your mindset open um yeah definitely it's not kind of everyone's expecting you to do this one thing once you've kind of committed to it and that pressure on can't it yeah and I mean if you think about it most you know most if not all labors start at home anyway don't they so it's just whether you intend to stay there or transfer in so and so did you how was your midwife team they sound it sounds like they were probably quite supportive of you (laughs) they were yeah so I suppose it was never kind of suggested to me as a first-time mum to birth at home so it's more my suggestion I think when I was around 34 weeks I just kind of mentioned it and said you know this is what I'm thinking of and she said oh no no that's fine um you know we'll go through what the steps are and we'll do your your booking appointment for the home birth and they came out to me um, just to, they come and they have a look at your house and just check, you know, where you're giving birth and go through different things with you. And um, yeah, quite a lot of, so I had, um, I think I had a couple of midwives come at first and then they had a shift change halfway through. So I think at one point I had about five midwives with me. Uh-huh. I was, I was unaware of this cause I was kind of in the zone, but um yeah at one point there was quite a lot of midwives so you know you definitely do get a lot of uh one-to-one care there (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then second time around things were slightly different because of covid but um it was actually the lady that did my booking the midwife that came out to my birth which was nice actually it was the same lady um and yeah it was just I had really good support really both times it's interesting you say you know you kind of just planted the idea at 34 weeks it's entirely possible because I think some people assume that you can't have a home birth because it hasn't been offered to you but it's yeah. something you do need to be a bit more forthcoming and ask the question and and um yeah everyone's entitled to have a home birth at the end of the day but just some teams don't necessarily put it forward as a first option yeah I think you know I think they normally on their on their tick list when they're first booking you and they're meant to kind of discuss everything but I think I don't know, maybe it's that assumption that for first time mums that they might not want to have a home birth, but actually anyone can. <laughs> of course. So how uh, did you feel in the kind of after the births 
how are you feeling um you know being at home and and how was your recovery well with ted it was very challenging actually because so i i really really wanted to breastfeed and um he just wasn't really latching and um a kind of i think about almost 24 hours went by and i don't think he'd actually fed so i was getting quite concerned so um i called the midwife for some support and they recommended that i go into hospital so i went in and I was kind of a bit like gutted about this because I was all ready to recover at home. And Mm. yes, this was quite disruptive really. And um, I ended up staying in and he just, again, wasn't latching. And it was just, that was quite difficult for me really because I'd gone from being on such a high to being on such a low at this point. And I ended up staying in hospital for about, I think it was about five, five days. And um we just weren't getting anywhere. I'd seen lactation consultants had come round and had a look and we just couldn't figure out exactly what was going on. And I was finding it really, really difficult. And I was very upset. And then I don't know, obviously I knew, I knew in the back of my mind, I needed to be at home to help with my oxytocin levels to help get all this initiated. And we just decided in the end that we, that I would go home and, do kind of a bit of a combination of feeding and just see how I got on really. And, um, I ended up, uh, exclusively pumping, um, for a good while. And, um, then, yeah, I did, I just, I think I carried on for about, about four months or so, but I found that really difficult because I put so much pressure on myself as well. And, I don't know, it's a lot to kind of deal with, isn't it, in postpartum when you have all these expectations on yourself and when things aren't met, it can, you know, you can really have a lot of guilt and self-blame. So that was something that maybe in hindsight, maybe I perhaps, I should have thought about things in a different way and not put so much pressure on myself and had more realistic expectations with that. But you know you do you do what you do and (laughs) and you do your best and you're right definitely you have this image of how it's supposed to be and what the ideal is and what you should be doing (laughs) um but it doesn't always go that way of that picture um a lot of the time it doesn't and it is really important isn't it and it's very good with the kind of hindsight to be able to look back on it but that's um that's a really important point so thank you for sharing that because it sounds like it was a really tough time yeah yeah and I with um hope I you know I I planned to breastfeed again and and I kind of managed to but it was very uncomfortable she had a tongue tie so we got that kind of looked at and um but again I could just feel this sort of anxiety creeping in and it was all getting too much so I expressed again but I don't know. I just decided that that was that would be where I would stop with it, and I was I was quite happy with that decision, really, because I don't know. I felt so much guilt after Ted's for a long time after, but I feel like with with hope, it was a decision that I was I was kind of happy with. It must be a sense of relief to so just take the pressure off yourself as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I'd say I think that was probably postpartum was the most difficult thing for me um looking back on my my journey through through the birth and the postpartum I mean the pregnancy was very difficult <laughs> but um 
yeah, when I look back at postpartum, that was the the hardest bit for me was was that part. Mm-hmm. And so, with your, all your experiences, what made you want to become a hypnobirthing teacher, antenatal educator, and support other parents through? I just love birth. I just love everything about birth, and um, I don't know. I just think because I learned so much, and I so many things that I didn't even realize were possible, like with home birth, I didn't realize that was possible. Um, I don't know just how you can feel about your birth and how much input you can have on how things can go and understanding about the hormones. It's all things that I had no idea about before I did it and before I've become an instructor as well. Um, And you're learning, you're learning all the time. I'm learning from other teachers within the mindful birth group it's just an ongoing process and I just find it fascinating really yeah I mean we all are all the time because yeah there's new things that get found out there's yeah research and it's just it's really such an interesting area that um it's it's quite satisfying is it distilling down the information for parents to, be able to understand and take it away to implement definitely <laughs> and just helping um parents who don't realize that they do have those options um, just can really change their experiences mm-hmm. yeah and what would you say to parents you know who are wanting to have an induction you know that that kind of um, more medicalized birth as well so it's just knowing you know is that decision the right thing for you um, and how you can make it as um, as smooth as possible for you and have all the input in each stage of induction for example um, knowing that each stage is separate and that you can absolutely have a say in every part and I think you know when especially with um, births that are quite medicalized it's just knowing that you do have a lot of say on that and sometimes people just you know kind of go with the flow and think you know I'm just going to go along with this when they think in the back of their mind actually I don't know if I am 100% sure about this so it's about knowing that yeah it's just yeah listening to your gut isn't it because that does it's very well facts and figures and numbers and studies but if your gut's telling you something's not quite right you've got to listen to that as well yeah I think people underestimate that don't they you just you want to you know it's our culture just to kind of go along with what medical professionals say actually you know listening to your gut plays a huge role in you know it's your birth so um, what do you say? Um, he might be a bit young. I'm not sure. But how, what do you say to Ted when you say, right, you're going off to to teach? <laughs> have you had to, have you come up with a, a way to tell him what you do yet? <laughs> Just say, you know, uh, well, we've got this book actually that kind of explains. But um, yeah, when you know babies are born and well, well I, I kind of explained when um, I was pregnant with Hope. I don't know how much he took in really, but he used to come and just kiss my tummy and say, you know baby but I just kind of explained that I help um mummies and daddies when they're having a little baby and he just kind of nods I don't know if he really understands what I'm talking about but I suppose at three he's starting to understand a little tiny bit yeah oh bless him. it's so great to be able to talk to them at this age though about that you know that part of life because otherwise they can't they don't really understand until they get to the point where to actually be <laughs> um, having their own children which is half the problem isn't it yeah and I think it's important as well for boys to understand about birth and 
I don't know, it's just kind of normalising birth and talking about things openly, I think is really important and something that I'll definitely do with both of my children. Yeah, um, having, a, like you say, a boy is, is really important. But yeah, having a girl, and particularly, you know, who um, is hopefully one day going to experience it for herself. I know I feel that too, that it is normalised and it isn't scary. <laughs> and she has to do what's right for her as well, whatever she feels. So as someone supporting parents as your kind of your job and your role, um, how has your approach been influenced by what you've learned kind of on your own postnatal journey rather than just like training, for example? So, you know, when you're teaching, like how has what you've experienced influenced that? I definitely think it's changed how I teach about postpartum just because I think a lot of courses just teach you about the birth itself and kind of forget about that part which is why I love teaching the mindful birth syllabus because we go into that and we have the postnatal sessions so I think it's just about setting those expectations and really getting couples to be thinking about you know what how they can plan ahead and just being open with each other and talking about things as you go along because your relationship really changes um, after you have a baby and it puts a lot of pressure on certain things that you wouldn't expect and so I think that's that's a really important part that my own experience has definitely influenced for sure yeah yeah and that's such a great point because birth is yeah obviously it's the birthing stage where your baby where your baby is born but actually the postpartum is t- completely part of that because you're recovering from that yeah definitely <laughs> um, so- forget or don't realize and getting to that spot into that time and it is just a bit of a a, a massive shock really yeah and I think you know you want to do everything yourself don't you and it's about being open to support and especially if you're recovering if you've had you know more of a difficult birth or say you've had an abdominal birth it's just you know getting that support system with you is really really key and it's so you can prepare as well can't you there are bits and pieces that you can do practically yeah definitely just want things to be as smooth as possible really just yeah when you know that it can be turned upside down if you need to go into hospital for example when you unexpectedly yeah I mean I I could never have expected that with with Ted's journey I mean I thought you know maybe thing I might have to give birth in hospital but I didn't expect that part of it really so stepping away from kind of being a mum and work what do you do for yourself like how do you get some downtime for you well I'm not 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 so great at this but um I guess seeing friends or walking the dog I love walking the dog and just getting out and about hopefully we'll get some decent weather soon um yeah I just love I mean I love doing kind of designy things like website things or creating things for Instagram um I guess that is work work though really isn't it (laughs) (laughs) that's not allowed but yeah I guess just just spending time with the kids and family and you know those those times when you're not working is really important and I'm quite lucky all all of my close family live live really close by so that's really nice and a lot of my friends have children similar age Mm -hmm. uh, to Ted and Hope which is quite nice as well yeah it's so funny most people have said if they've got a dog that actually that's their downtime <laughs> I think yeah. yeah both of the people I've spoken to today and you it's three today that have said walking their dog is their downtime so <laughs> there's definitely something well it's your excuse isn't it to get outside and get a bit of fresh air and 
So when you look back over the years um, since becoming a mum and, you know, starting your business, and is there anything that sticks out to you that you're really proud of? Because um, it's important that we celebrate those things too. I think starting the business was a pretty big moment for me because I was still on my maternity leave and I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. And um, I was really fortunate to find you and and the other teachers and it was just a really good fit. And yeah, I just feel really pleased with myself that I've managed to do that, you know, with two little children and, you know, it's, it's quite a lot and you don't realize how much it's going to take over your life as well and how involved it is and everything that's involved in doing it. So I'm really, really proud of that. Definitely. <laughs> oh, and I'm so glad you did find it because it's <laughs> so nice to have you um, as part of it. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, everyone will say that too. So, yeah, I think you should be super proud. <laughs> thank you so much, Emma. It has been so nice to chat to you. Oh, thank you.